right. So this is uh, season one, episode one of Money Talks, the podcast um, hosted by Becoming Financially Fit. I am Stacey Blunt here with Mark Wilson and JJ Pinkney. Um, and so on the podcast, we talk about personal finance, financial literacy, savings, investing. And we also talk about some entrepreneurship as well. So um, I thought it would be a great idea to get these guys on. Um, they have a collective called Found Wonder. Um, and we're going to talk about some of that um, here in this uh, this particular episode. But um, just to give you guys some background about this show, um, we talk about money, uh, how it impacts your life, how it impacts your family as well. Where'd you learn about it? Um, and then um, just ha- have an open conversation about money. Um, and so we have some pieces right here in the background. Hopefully you guys can can check them out because they are um, one of one pieces, correct? No, sir. Correct. One on one pieces. So we'll get into all of that. But um, I do uh, want to give you guys a chance to give some some background about yourselves. Um, so, JJ, let's start with you. Um, to start off, I guess I would say my art journey um, started like last year. Um, but from a foundation standpoint, um, from Ohio, yeah. grew up in Ohio, grew up playing sports, um, religious home. But uh, I would say everything that I'm pretty much doing now is something that couldn't necessarily be reflected from the past. So um, my journey or, you know, seems like a second life has started like within the last like year. How so? Man, I would regard myself as kind of like a spiritual person. And I like I put that above like everything and um, the direction of my art and where it's like, taking me, it's um, it's taking me down a whole new spiritual path and like understandings and um, different forms of enlightenment and how I want to give mm-hmm. um, and share with the world. And so, yeah. Okay. And so, Mark, talk about your background um, a little bit, and then we can get into the finances. Okay. So, um, I'm from Hampton, Virginia. Okay. Um, Went to college at UC. That's where I met JJ. Cincinnati? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Go Bearcats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, started art probably about a year ago. Mm-hmm. Coming up just February would be a whole year for me uh, to making art. Um, but connected with JJ on this. And so from there, it's just been going. Okay. And, and getting specifically into finances. So what I like to do is kind of have an open conversation about, you know, what you learned or when you first learned about finances from either your family or outside influences and then mm-hmm. how that impacts you now. So um, I know you guys have a, um, an art collective going and you're trying to get into some of the galleries here in New York. So talk about that process um, and how money comes into it um, when you're thinking about how to price things right at a, at a certain price point to, to make sure that you're getting some value from it, but it's also going to sell. And then just talk about how you um, guys are coming up as, I, w- I would call it starving artists, right? And you're just mm-hmm. trying to break into the industry. Yes, sir. I'm hungry right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, you want to go? Right. You take um, So how would I say the financial process, though? Yeah. Like what being an artist. Um, it's very tough. It can be very tough, um, especially for the type of work we make. It's like very abstract. Mm-hmm. Um, the sizes that we make it. Uh, usually you'll see very old artists making those type of sizes, um, selling them for a couple of thousand dollars. Yeah. Uh, and we just, I would say, two black kids from your ordinary place, and we want the same check from that. Yeah. So with that, that could be, it's just an interesting topic now because uh, what it can cost us from not selling them 
or creating those big ones and creating that high price point and sticking with that mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. continuing to gain that momentum. Yep. But financially, it costs to submit places. Mm-hmm. It costs to create such at a size. Really? Yeah. So, so when you're trying to get into some type of uh, art gallery, what does it cost you, the artist, in terms of materials, the actual painting, and then to the point where you're trying to get it submitted? Um, <clears throat> so with us being new artists, it could be like a hit or miss. So I want to at least buy something to where I can make five pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, the galleries may want five or six pieces. One this morning we looked at, they wanted four pieces, but $15 per piece. So now we're talking about $60, but I'm not guaranteed anything. Yeah. Um, a lot of them, you may get that position where to where you pay, but then they may charge you shipping costs. Mm-hmm. Or oh, we want to charge you for the wall space. Um, and that can be really? like thousands of dollars. Yeah. Like, Just for wall space to get yeah. put into a gallery. Uh, okay. Yeah. And, and so how does it really work when, because I know it's different from being a beginner artist to being you know, pretty established, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you were talking about the wall price. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're a beginning artist, you might have to come out of pocket, let's say a couple thousand, just to get placed in those galleries. Mm-hmm. And is that what you guys are going through right now? No. We're trying um, to avoid that. So just like football, their scholarships. Mm-hmm. So you can get basically put on like a gallery's roster yeah. and they represent you for free because they got that that relationship with you down there making money off of you. They, they got collectors that they sell their work towards to. So we chasing the scholarships. Um, that's, what, that's what we call them. But yeah. those options, we have had to pay for things and kind of just work our way up that totem pole, mm-hmm. which has cost us a lot because we were both full-time artists. Yeah. So it was just all coming out of pocket. Okay. We um we didn't know that there's like four different types of galleries and like commonly enough a lot of people don't know that I don't. Yeah, I want to learn. So there's a commercial gallery and that's kind of like what Mark was talking about. Commercial galleries are it's like a full ride scholarship. Like they see your work and they want to represent you as like an art, like an as an artist, mm-hmm. and you're on their roster. And so now they'll provide the means for you to just excel as far as you want to go. Yeah. You kind of sign with a team. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you said that was commercial. That's commercial. Okay. The next one I learned about is co-op. And so co-ops are like a collective. So if we're all painters in here let's all make a little art house for ourselves and we will put on group exhibitions. Mm-hmm. We'll have to do all the, but you know, everybody contributes to that. Everybody right? contributes. It's, you're going to have to put in money, all our things like together. Mm-hmm. Um, the next type of gallery is called retail and retail is what we were just talking about and wanted to avoid is basically you're paying for space. Pay to play. It's pay to play. Yeah. It is pay to no play. No more pay to plays. Yeah. It's time to go to the, get that whole chicken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then the, the, the last one is a vanity art. What's, oh. Vanity galleries. Yeah. And Describe vanity that. galleries is like, you got bread and you got a space. And one day you may have it for an event. The next day you may have it for a party. Um, but now for this month or the next couple months, you want to put art there yeah. and you want artists to come and fill up the room and, and basically curate it themselves. You actually don't even need an appreciation or involvement with art. It's like, this is like an investment. It's a very like cold investment. Mm-hmm. And, uh, those are AKA like art shows. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have art shows that do like vanity galleries. 
And for myself, I'm not like really interested in any of those except for commercial. Okay. I'm looking for someone to represent me in my work. No more. And, yeah. and when you become a, an artist and you're being represented by someone else, they take a cut. Right. Mm -hmm. Is it that they take a cut out of every sale that you make? Or is it something where you have to put them on like a monthly retainer? Or do they just work for free, kind of like a realtor, right? They work for free up until the point where they make a sale for you or they get you put placed in some type of gallery. It's works that way. Like uh, modeling would, agencies are the same way. I would compare it just to football. So you get a full ride. Yeah. You don't pay for nothing. Mm -hmm. I had people contact me. They say we charge, we charge some people a monthly fee for this, what we offer in these services, we may offer this to you for free. Yeah. So just like football, you the top recruit, you gonna get everything, the whole package deal. You Everything you need to succeed, right. pretty much. Yeah, they may not be all the way sure, mm -hmm. we gonna charge you monthly, or we gonna charge you the whole, your work. It just depends on how they feel, like where you can take them. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so going through that process, how do you get involved with someone who's gonna represent you? So I, I imagine it's not an easy process. Um, it's not. I would say life, just running into the right people, mm -hmm. uh, right email being sent. Um, neither I don't have gallery representation. Uh, um, you don't have any ripper, mm -hmm. but we're trying. Uh, we got you like new, new opportunities. Yeah, you would know. <laughs> but we got new opportunities. So like, uh, I'm gonna be doing an exhibition by a gallery that has like a gallery roster. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like a, a tryout, sort of say. Yeah. Like kind of, you get to bring your face to face like a combine. Mm -hmm. That's how I'm looking at it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that ass. Yeah. So, so when you're going through that process, you guys have a stable of pieces, right? We have some behind you, we have some uh, behind myself as well, right? Um, when you're going out to market yourself, you're doing this on social media, you're doing this online, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But then how many pieces of art or works of art does it take to actually be considered serious about you know being being an artist and being placed in one of these galleries? Hmm. So I would say a lot. Um, <clears throat> even is to get somebody you grew up in high school with to recognize you as an artist and had them fully faithfully believe that you make art and that this is something serious. It will take. It took some time. Like people don't just uh, right. naturally gravitate. So I would say a gallery owner or director. You gotta have like a whole collection. You gotta be able to, yeah. like, if you just step in how we were trying to step, like, I want the whole offer. Yeah. So you need to just fill up this whole room and mm -hmm. they need to be able to go. Yeah. So just being able to curate yeah. that within your own work. And in, in terms of numbers, is that 20 pieces, 50 pieces? Where you, where you say, hey, we have 50 pieces in all different um, varieties, different sizes, mm -hmm. ready to go for your gallery, yeah. locked and loaded. Um, I, I would say for a one good opportunity, I would say about 10 to 15. 10 to yeah. 15? Just to fill up the room. Yeah. So like one exhibition, because they may have about four a year, maybe four or five, mm -hmm. seasonal. Yeah. So yeah. That, that worth ethic part of the artistry is like very important because if you don't have that worth ethic coinciding with that natural creative ability, you do them no good. Your investment really isn't any good because we need you to keep exploring these worlds. Yeah. And so you only explore those worlds if you have that natural, I don't even say natural, but a worth ethic where it's like, I'm committed to keep unlocking these keys. Mm -hmm. And so 
that's what numbers looks like. This person is dedicated to like advancing in this. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's like very important. And that like really gets them off. Like, oh my God, like this person has enough work for like maybe, I'll, I'll be honest with you. If you have 50 paintings, bro, you have enough yeah. paintings for a lifetime. Yeah, you live. 50? Yeah. That's enough for a lifetime. Yeah. How so? Yeah. Because let's say you actually become like renowned. You don't have to just be displaying your work. I can vault them. I'm yeah. vaulting. I'm going to vault 35 paintings. Let's just go for 20 years, uh -huh. 30 years. And so you can just, you can work so far ahead. And it obviously depends on people that can work that far ahead, that can make that many pieces. Mm -hmm. um, but you can, I truly believe that. Um, my brother was with somebody who's a curator and they showed some of me and Mark's work um, to her. And she, her biggest thing was like, I can't believe they've done so many. How have they done so many? How have they done so many? And when we hear that conversation, we were like, how could you not? If yeah. you say you paint, mm -hmm. like, you're just gonna be painting. <laughs> yeah, all day. It's your passion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally. You're gonna paint all day. Mm -hmm. All day. <laughs> and, so, and bringing that back in terms of, of money, you don't get paid right. to make these paintings, right? Yeah. Like, this is all your bread that you have to put up front, right? Mm -hmm. And so what actually drives you guys to do this? Is it a monetary incentive? Like, knowing that in the next five to ten years, one of them, just one of them, could hit big and they can make you 100000 500000 a million dollars? Or is it the fact that you just love this? Because you guys don't have full-time jobs right now, I'm right. saying, right? No, I, I went and got one, so... You want to talk about the money? Yeah. I got questions of why I had to go get a full-time job. Talk, Yeah, let's talk about it. But no, nah, um, just being a full-time artist, everything coming out of pocket, uh, traveling, trying to make moves, trying to complete the pieces. Like, I ran low on funds. Yeah. Like, I needed to go get a full-time job. I moved back home because mm -hmm. I was living in Arizona. But financially, for me right now, it's going to be best I have a job and play this slow now. Uh, I, I would say I have 10 pieces mm -hmm. that... Are ten solid pieces. Ten solid pieces, and it's it's opened a lot of doors for me. Yeah. But financially, for me to be in the right state of mind, be healthy, and continue this path, I'm I'm gonna have a job. Okay. Yeah. And JJ, what about you? Um, I was already doing some things like outside of painting what? before I started painting, like modeling. Uh huh. So my path is very similar to that. Um, I've been able like lucky enough to be able to make make that type of money good enough money to um not have to go get maybe like a full-time job um which is still like not out of the cars for me like i'm i don't i wouldn't be like in a space where i'm like not trying to get a like a job right now mm -hmm. maybe not full-time like yeah. a part-time job but not like um because new york is like very expensive and what we're doing is not cheap it and is very expensive it's a lot of patience and yeah. you have to in a way pay for patience mm -hmm. that you're kind of putting there. So, and, and talking about how expensive New York is, right? How do you survive out here? Is it something that you have backing from your family, your parents, or is it you doing those side hustles in order to, you know, survive? I think living beneath your means and just understanding what that is at a young age, um, just as a tool. Yeah. I think that is, I think it's universal. And I think that's really all you need. Like, bro, you don't need that do this, do that, be more patient there. You don't need to go there. 
don't put yourself in certain positions where you're going to have to make like a kind of a frivolous choice, you know, for me that you don't want to make like, it's just those type of things. And I feel like you can actually like survive and live in New York, but you got to be obviously very conscious, like about the way you're spending and um, because it can add up so quick. Right. So and, quick. And a lot of people don't know, like, even if you just want to have like a, a, a fun night out with your friends, that can end up being a hundred dollars. <laughs> and if you're doing that over a course of a week, that could be $700, right? right? Over a course of a month, then you might have rent. And so since you are a full-time artist and you guys are both full-time artists, what do you do in terms of a day job to support your habits? So, um, I'm like a behavioral therapist. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I went to school, I finished and got my master's. So that obviously helped me a lot yeah. to just be able to go back into uh, the working field mm -hmm. after being a full-time artist. And that's what I did before I was an artist. So I had money saved up. Yeah. So I was full-time, but I still had like that little safety net that I can go back onto. So Some type of emergency fund. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah so that's, that's how I work it out. Okay. What about you, JJ? Um, primarily just like selling more of the art, like online. Mm -hmm. um, setting up like small areas around like Union Square where they're mm -hmm. usually having like their art fairs. Um, I've sold around there and uh, just like modeling, going to castings and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you, you touched on a piece that I did have in my notes and I do want to talk about. And it was about um, you being in Union Square. And so for the viewers out there or the listeners out there who don't know, Union Square is like a central subway location, one of the most busiest subway locations in Manhattan. <laughs> um, and I was actually going from a meeting from uh, downtown Manhattan to uh, Midtown. Um, and on my way to get there, I had to stop at Union Square. And so who do I see in Union Square with about 25 pieces of artwork out there? <laughs> None other than JJ, right? And so that's when I really, I was like, okay, this is a hustle for him because it's very hard for somebody to put themselves out there like that, to go out there in public in Union Square where there's thousands of people walking by <laughs> every day. Right. Right. And you to be in a subway and say, hey, you know what? I'm this. I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to will right. this to happen. When did you first start doing that? And you know, what was your mindset going into it? Because it, you had to be a little nervous. Man, we've been doing it since I made my first two paintings back in last last August. Man, I took these two small, like tw like 14 by 22. The painting behind there, like behind you. Yeah. Man, and I posted up like in a, like the hot ass sun. Just, just wanting to join the game. I'm, I'm in the game now. Yeah. And so that's like, I'm not gonna say that's all we wanted to do, but at the time that was like very important for us to just be in the game. And so like, Regardless of the game, the high arena, the NFL is the gallery, right? Yeah. We have to start somewhere. Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of that establishment. And like what we found out, like the biggest thing that a lot of people don't understand about when you are out there, you put yourself out there, you may not sell, boom, whatever, but the people that you will meet and the rabbit holes that you go from there mm -hmm. are are insane. And so I've been like tremendously blessed from just being in that position, getting a contact, someone obviously just walking by, my work is there, and something developing from that. Yeah. That is like, that's been huge. How many sales have you made from being in the subway? It depends. And at a, I wanna know the price point as well. So my price points when I sell, um, 
if I sell on the street versus like online, it's tremendously discounted. So if I'm selling a painting that's like, I don't know, everybody doesn't know dimensions, but a like a, a smaller painting, uh, I usually will go 100 to $200 for those. Now online, they're like 700 mm-hmm. but on the and street- how, how much money do you have to come out of pocket to make that? Well, one thing that, like I said, we live beneath our means, so we create beneath our means as well. So we've been using, like, I would say we've been fucking using the same products for, like, probably since August. Probably since I we started painting, we yeah. still use that same shit. Yeah. I still use pastels from five months ago. Mm-hmm. And there's they might be small, and they whatever it may be, we still use the same brushes. Mm-hmm. And we are... It doesn't matter. Nothing is like a barrier. Yeah. We can just find so. So it, it is stretch. Yeah. Um, when you first go to re up on supplies or get for me, I use some different materials in him. It can cost a couple hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can get a tube of oil for like six ninety nine. You go to Michaels for everybody. They always got forty percent off. They always do a fifty percent off. Facts. Create two accounts. Mm-hmm. Sign in with your email. Yeah, pick you up in make person. It work. Yep. How your family come, get another one, and you can go back in and use that coupon. They can't bro, tell you know the secrets away, bro. <laughs> so like, it's over. They gonna be honest. You can go in there and get all your, I go in there, get my supplies for my clothes, all my work, 40% off. Buy it one at a time. Don't matter. Mm-hmm. I need that. Because you save. Yeah. You can buy a lot of stuff. They sometimes do like buy one, get two free on yeah. any size canvas. So, So question for you guys. Um, out of every piece that you've made within the past couple of years, mm. what's been the most money you've made off of a single piece, one single sale? Yeah, so mine's is actually two fifty. Mm-hmm. That's the most I made two fifty. My first time I did a painting, the and first then, time. Yeah, so like you were hooked f- after that. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, oh, it's a wrap. Like I need five bands for this yeah. next one. Yeah. <laughs> so I was hollering, but. Uh, yeah, two fifty. Uh, with me, I personally I sell a lot. Of my clothes sell a lot, mm-hmm. and so that kept my head above water. Clothes, but uh, nah, JJ the rock star. So I'm gonna let him tell you about that. Uh, about I would say a thousand. Thousand dollars for one piece. For one piece. From um, from who? Was it online sale or was it somebody that you actually it knew? It was something um, I got online and. Um, it was back in back in December. I got that one off. Um, but the thing is about okay, bro, you you sold that for like a thousand. Like I'm still in the same boat as Mark. That was like kind of a random. Like this person is willing to pay. You feel me? Paying that, regardless if I feel like it should be worth more. Yeah this thing this thing with pricing art man and like getting people to actually pay for this mm-hmm. is crazy like i sold i sold a banger i sold a banger for like $400 and like the lady was really cool so the whole exchange i really enjoyed because like she was cool but when it comes back to now when i'm alone and i'm in my own head i'm like damn like that was like one of the ones. Yeah. If that was somewhere, like I think that would have been like a, a real like showrunner. And so 
you have to just take those, like you gotta have to just take those on the head. And one of the things that I read was like, it's so obviously super easy to get in touch with your work, but you must master the detachment from your art. Mm-hmm. And like, I am not very good at it, but I'm, I'm working on it. I have to detach from my art. Like when people say like, these are my babies, like that is, it's weird. That's how it, that's how it feels. Yeah. And so, um, sometimes like to pay the rent, you may have to let things off for very cheap. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I've like basically have to run in. So, um, I think the, the pressure of having to provide for myself financially yeah. has helped me detach from my art because I'm like, bro, you like it. You think that's nice. You think that's whatever. But that thing going to go soon, bro. Mm-hmm. That's going to be out of here soon. And do you think it will be different for an artist? And you guys probably know some other artists that have a financial backing from maybe the parents or just because, you know, the way they've been brought up um, that they really don't have to think about money. They can just create whatever they want and they can right. sit on it. They don't have to sell things and they can kind of build up some value. Do you think that's different than what you guys going on have going on right now? Yes, um, it's interesting you say that because I'm, I feel like I'm crossing over to that flip side yeah. of recently of where I'm able to just to sit. Um, I don't really have to sell anything anymore, mm-hmm. having my job. And so I just get to shop my pieces to the, like, the different galleries and shows now. Yeah. Um, and then the work kind of just works from there. Mm-hmm. And it's been, it's been like successful so far, like going into 2020. So yeah. I'm not really trying to sell or like, as active as he is because, I mean, I got something coming. Mm-hmm. All right, I got to sit on these pieces. Okay, like, I'm going to eat today still. So. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, on the other side, though, it definitely can get hectic. Like, you are creating today to sell something. Mm-hmm. Like, Pretty I'm much creating, to eat. Yeah, I'm creating today. I'm going to sell tomorrow. Or if I get done today, this is probably going to try to go out today. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, now getting back into it, you, you were kind of saying off camera how, how things in the art world can get a little hectic, right? Yeah. For up and comers. Talk about that a little bit. Um, so when you depend on yourself to be a full-time artist and you don't have money, uh, I'm taking like the bust up here. Right. I don't have $50. The like, bust with all of your work. Uh, yeah, and so I so need money to sure. get back to get home. Yeah, like I don't have money at all. I'm talking about no money. Yeah, you waking up like that. I'm about to make this art, and we gonna go sell it this time. So around this, <laughs> you can get something, mm-hmm. and you will really go out there and make a sale. Like I mean, I sold a lot of smaller work, not as much as two fifty, but a hundred dollars here, hundred and fifty here, two hundred, two hundred there. Yeah, for a couple of days, and then for what we do. Uh, and with me making clothes, like when I make that, like I make spurts of clothes or I do something, I'm flipping art money. You can't make mistakes when you flip your art money. Yeah. So if I sell this painting, that next painting need to be sell too. Mm-hmm. So I can't go in there and be like, oh, maybe it may not be good this time. No, I need to sell this time. Yeah. So <laughs> you just made a hundred, you go get them supplies and we'll be like, yo, what supplies you got? What you got? Because I'm going to use this. Trading cards. Like, yeah, because you're not trying to go buy nothing. It's all about being resourceful, right? Yeah. Because like you yeah. said, sometimes like this 100 has to be used. You have to use 50 of that to go make another 250. Yeah. That 250 has to be used to eat, you know, right. to survive and then to make another piece, right? Because um, out in New York, is everything is super expensive. 
Mm-hmm. And I did see um, you guys have a collection called Found Wonder. I saw a picture yeah. of JJ on the train, right? Mm-hmm. With a bunch of pieces of art. Yeah. And that's <laughs> that's the life, right? That's the hustle, right? right. Yeah. No. And so when it comes to that, what that's actually... a funny story. Yeah. I want to hear the story about that, that, uh, that picture in the subway. <laughs> right. So... Basically, we I got invited to a show called Raw Artists, and when I got invited, um, I think I only had made like two paintings, and I don't even think I really was on a path to like do more or whatever. And so when they called me, they wanted me to do something in fashion. They wanted me to make some pieces for like a show they were having um, when they stopped in Cincinnati. It's kind of like a traveling like art fair and they have a lot of different genres and so i basically was like i don't have like any clothes made or anything like that like anything you see on my instagram these are all like concepts which are not physical works and so i took that and i was like in my mind like okay well i guess nothing will really come from this and then i thought for a second like what else you guys like um, showcase and they were like uh, painters visual artists i was like oh like well i'm thinking about my friend mark but i'm like how could I like literally finesse this? And so I'm like, yeah, um, I'm actually like a visual artist. um, And I I think I would like to do your show, um, but it's gotta be in like New York. And like, oh, we don't really know if we have uh, any slots left. They call me back like literally two days later and like we opened up one, we like the art or whatever. We want you guys to like, or you to be in the show. And so I'm like, all right, bet. Finesse, like, completed. <laughs> all I was planning on doing is just like, establish that relationship, getting signed onto that or whatever. And this having Mark show his work. Because mm-hmm. he obviously has way more work and whatever. So um, I end up, he ends up telling me like, bro, like, just make more, make way more. Yeah. And so I'm like, all right, like, I got to save up because, like, I don't have the bread to just be coming up with canvases. Man, they're doing renovations around my building and someone's moving out. Man, tell me why they're taking all everything that's inside the crib out. They're cleaning it all out. Someone else is going to move in, a company, I think. And, man, they have, like, 15 canvases in there. <laughs> It was meant to and be. this is my neighbor. Like this is my neighbor. He's been, I've been living there for like almost a year now, and there's an artist that's been living there the whole entire time. Mm-hmm. And so I walk by, I see it, I ask him if I can take it. I end up taking him. I Facetime him. I'm like, bro, like look at look at the crib now. And there's just all of these kind of like fresh canvases. And so from there, that's what boosted, that erupted everything. Yeah. I was now able to kind of just explore, and it was the first time I ever painted without him it was the second time painting now mm-hmm. so that's the one behind you is the one i created when i discovered that moving forward now let's fast that was a little backstory moving forward that picture from the train we had the show that show mm-hmm. two days before when we were there somebody was like yo this is really dope i know somebody within the art world that can like maybe look out for y'all she hits him up the guy gets back to her, calls us at the show, like we're at the show and I'm talking to this person. He's, this person is supposed to be like an art gallerist or whatever, curator, or whatever, right? So they're like, we need you to bring as many paintings as you got to like uh, NoHo, 
like NoHo <laughs> Hotel uh, tomorrow, like Friday, and it's a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And so me and him look at each other like, we're like geek, like, damn, bro, like, that's like, it should happen quick, huh? Like, we, okay, we on, right? And so he's like, bro, you gotta, you gotta make way better, like, material. Like, your work's gotta be better. You gotta turn up, literally, in the next 24 hours, you gotta turn up and, like, curate some much better. So that's when I did the, uh, the painting we call I Killed Warhol in a Medusa Head Wrap. And it's in that picture. It's the big one behind me. Yeah. And so we, I did that in, like, I would say 10 hours' time. Um, man, we get there. We carry these all the way to Canal Street, bro. Like, through From Canal. deep in Brooklyn. Deep Brook, Bushwick, baby. Deep <laughs> Bushwick. <laughs> We get on the train, people looking at us crazy, like, what are they taking all these, like, crazy pictures, whatever. We, and let me tell you, like, it really took the Division One athlete in us, like, mindset to really, like, haul these all the way through Soho to this hotel. And so we arrive to the hotel, and, man, there's already Arda. And so we're like, okay, like, Maybe it's gonna be put up in a different time or whatever. So we end up talking to a couple different people. They're unaware of why we're there as well. Oh no. Right? And so we're like, <coughs> and we, we've both never gone this far in the art journey. So we don't really know what's really happening it's right now. first time for both of you guys. This is the first time for both of us. We're actually talking to somebody supposedly serious about art and curating in a gallery. Mm-hmm. And so, Man, we're we're chilling there. We're waiting for uh, a certain guy. Man, long story short, the art never gets up. They take all our art. It's supposed to be, we're supposed to me and him supposed to get a group show, no group show. They take our art for like a month, man, and we end up having to like called him up like yo we have to pull up like we need all our art back we need everything back they were lacking in communication they would text us randomly and how saying, many pieces dog they had an army of your work of ours combined they yeah. had an army and they were code on text we would call they wouldn't they hit us back and stuff like that and so we had to like obviously put our foot down like bro like we have to go get all our artwork like you know, yeah. this, none of this kind of panned out to what we wanted, and it ended up being kind of like an interesting uh, situation where, like, and so how'd you get your yeah. work back? <laughs> we literally had to drive to the gallery, like, <laughs> called the dude who supposedly owned it. I mean, I think he do own it, uh, and just kind of pressed. Like, we already pressed the issue through text and call. Yeah, like he was just avoiding us. Uh, they collected our work and told us basically, like. All these things were gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing like, happened. Like what? Like uh, we was gonna have like the group show in the gallery. They told us about how they do work overseas. <laughs> how like the artwork was like them so amazing. Like they was like, oh my god, we need this work now. Like we're gonna collect all of it, transport it. Like we will take care of you guys. Like here's our personal number. Ah. But it just ended up being some like to me. <clears throat> I mean, I'm not from New York. I just call it like some New York scammers. Like it's a lot of people out here. You're dealing with art, the artistry industry, you know, you know what I mean? It's a lot of people who say they do certain things. Did you guys end up getting everything back? Yeah, it was a it was a hunt. It was, it was a hunt, Some man. pieces weren't where they were supposed to be. 
Um, and, and so when they were <laughs> promising you this stuff, right, did they say, we're going to give you X amount of dollars if something sells? Nah, they won't tell us nothing. But we would nothing. never reach that level. So we was like, oh, we here, but we don't know, but we're going to trust y'all because they, I mean, we seen, we was in a gallery. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? They talking, we could see the Instagram, we could see, like, we could just see face value things that uh, we haven't reached yet. Yeah. And so we got really excited and it just ended up being. So you learned your first lesson yeah. about New York art. Right. Oh my gosh. You can name anything a gallery. The, so someone's just making, so, people are literally in New York City are renting out spaces, buying spaces, and they're just literally calling it a gallery. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so what we had to, what we learned is that like, obviously not to take things for face value, but until it is real, real, you know what I mean? You're dealing with somebody in a, on a very business-like like transaction, yeah. it's all cat. It's literally all cat. Like, you got to be in the gallery. There needs to be an appointment made, like, because this is a real investment. If it's not anything like that, you're dealing with, like, some backhand, like, it's not it's not really in your best interest for yeah. real. And so I want to ask you guys this question, um, because a lot of people might be like you. They might be up-and-coming artists, and they want to get into some of these galleries here in New York. Where does the money aspect come in? Is it something that's really never talked about or is it something where you're promised a certain number or a percentage and the only way you can get it is if something sells yeah so <clears throat> i mean through my experience they're not going to talk to you about it unless you own so like it ain't even a conversation we're going to have to discuss with you about really where your per work price that um artists from my experience and what's going on with me I price my work what I want to price it. Mm -hmm. And the gallery will tell me if they feel like they can't sell at that price point. Mm -hmm. Like, they'll just be say, I have a piece priced at $25,000. Um, and to a gallery and then, like, a solo show, they both denied it. They were just like, we don't handle art at this price. Mm -hmm. um, but they're not going to tell me, like, oh, the other pieces were too expensive. Um, I got representation through, like, an online platform form as well. Um, they're pretty serious. Like, they charge for subscription. Yep. Uh, but I have it for free and I send them my price list mm -hmm. and they didn't say anything. Yeah. But some take 20, some take 30. They'll discuss how much they're going to take mm -hmm. if they sell though. So that yeah. is something you hear. Okay. And, and what do you guys think um, the price of art, where does that come from? Because I know there are some pieces that you may look at and I, I'll, I'll get into a story later about, um, let's say a banana has taped to a wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's going for what was it going for? It sold for one hundred twenty-five. One hundred twenty-five thousand dollars. A banana, duct taped to a wall. And so I saw you guys. Um, you had a post on on Twitter um, about getting yourself to was it Art Basel in in Miami? Yes. Mm -hmm. And tell me about that process and why you wanted to be in a show like that when you know they're offering pieces that, in my opinion, don't really add that much value. Well, that's that's exactly why. I mean. They're spending that check. They're spending that check. I mean, I'm an artist. I love to paint, but I'm here to get my check, too. Yeah. So, like, I feel like I look at compared to stuff to football. Football player, he loves football, but he wants that max deal. Yeah. Like, so if they down there spending 125 bands on a banana, like, I just need to outthink who sold that banana next time and get me that, that, that check. So. Mm -hmm. And just yeah. being 
around that. Around that. It's just people spending money, Mm -hmm. wanting to spend money. So it's kind of just like just being in the position versus the quality of your art is like, it doesn't even matter. It's like you getting. Do Do you really think that the quality of your art doesn't matter? And it's more about your clout. Yeah, your status in a, in a space like that. I think um, so. and a show like that, so artists pay for wall space in those type of shows. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Do, does every artist pay for wall space, or is it the gallery? Yeah, you so have to be represented through a gallery. You represent ah, through okay. a gallery, and the gallery will charge you by square foot of space. Mm-hmm. But they gonna pay that that fee to be into those fairs. Like the Miami ones a fair. Yeah, and so if you own, like you that person, you gonna get the full ride. But some people move down down there, they paying like two bands. To have like wall space, so that's why that market is so hot for what they sell for. Yeah, it's because you're gonna pay to get in here. Mm-hmm. Like you gonna have to have that check. Okay, and so from start to finish, as an artist, you pay your upfront cost for materials, mm-hmm. your canvases, your paints, your oils, things like that. You make the work, so you're spending your time. Yeah. You then, as an up and coming artist, you would pay for wall space. Mm-hmm. So in that whole process, travel, expenses, food, right, yeah. cost of living. You're probably anywhere between five to ten thousand dollars already into one piece of work or yeah. a couple of pieces, right? Yeah. Um, and then it's the sale. And who negotiates the sale? Is it the artist or is it the gallery? So or representation. <clears throat> I told I've been told through my experience, uh, for what I have coming up, that the gallery, they're gonna invite uh, collectors and coordinate things to collectors, but they can contact you directly. So they can see something in a show and go to the gallery or they can just come to me. Yeah. Um, How do you guys make more money? If they go straight to you or uh, you still have to cut in your yeah, representation? Yeah, because it was, it was purchased through like the show or the exhibit itself. Yeah. Um, it's nothing to hide that you can't, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Uh, but for what I'm trying to sell for, they can hide it at 20%. Yeah. Because I want <laughs> Yeah, so. Okay. Um, and so getting into some of you guys' 2020 goals. Um, I know you guys should have some lofty goals, right? Yeah. You're in the mecca of art being close to uh, to Manhattan. What are some of your 2020 goals for your business, Found Wonder? Um, and then also, what are what is your five-year plan for what you guys have going on? Well, F- Found Wonder is is mine. Okay. Is my, uh, like, business and kind of art collective. His is Surf Don't Fall. Yeah. Ah, surf don't fall. I'll be working for Found Wonder though. We be joking. Sometimes we each other intern. Right? <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Like you help us. Yeah. Like real shit. You need something, I got you. Yeah. We about to do this, so it don't even matter. Okay. And so some of your 2020 goals for Surf Don't Fall, and Found Wonder. I wanted. I want gallery representation. I want to be in a short film. I want to act in a short film this year. Um, I want to release music. And I want to attack like some project series that I have for some paintings. Mm-hmm. I want to get them all done um, this year. And how are you going to do that? How are you going to go about doing that? Doing, knowing that like it just literally doing like yeah. um, obviously there's seems a plan. Plan mm-hmm. is something very big. Uh, but having the mindset that like you're going to do it and you are like itching or you're really you shouldn't put yourself down but that little voice in your head is like on you about like bro like 
you said that shit like not, yeah i'll hold you accountable as well for that yeah definitely yeah, facts yeah dude so mark what about yourself what are some of your 2020 <clears throat> goals <clears throat> for 2020 yep um it's just the same mindset just wanting something to pop off mm-hmm. um to be in the exhibitions to be represented um to sell for thousands yeah. Like to just like just go for ten bands. Like, yeah. I'm not playing. Like that's how my energy is. I, um, yeah, I love that you say that, right? Because yeah. right now, yeah. some of those pieces that you're selling for two fifty yeah. could easily, in my opinion, be going for ten bands. Yeah. Twenty five thousand, fifty thousand dollars. Because they're huge, right? Yeah, thank they're you. great work. I appreciate that. And yeah. then um I'm a, I'm looking to touch the like international scene with some residency program. So the same mentality like coming to New York. Like, I want to come and take New York. Like, yeah. I'm not from here. Give me this. I want to take that to, like, the international scene. So when I go visit these other countries, I just want to leave my stamp. Like, yeah. Okay. And so within the next five years, what do you guys have planned to take over the art industry? Um, to be doing everything. Uh, I like to paint, but I like film. Mm-hmm. I just look at y'all. I'm like, this is impressive. I like a lot of other things. I love music. Yeah. Um, painting is just a way to express myself. So in five years, I just want to be able to say, I'm the head of something like a fashion house. I'm like creative yeah. director. Like I feel like I can create a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. So, so artists and gateway for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. You can say that it's our little gateway drug. We in the corner. Yeah. yeah no, not thing. Okay. Um, so I do want to give you guys a, a second to give out some of your social media for the, the viewers and the listeners out there, right, who want to get in contact with you guys and see some of these pieces of work that you guys have to offer. Sure. My Instagram business page is found.wonder. Um, you can also find my personal page in the bio of there as well. Um, I sell all of my pieces through there as well. Um, yeah, come check it out. Give me a follow. Follow you back. Yeah. Uh, surf don't fall. Uh, personal page, art page. <clears throat> I'm gonna put everything up there. <laughs> I I do it. You are gonna see it up there. So uh, website as well. Surf don't fall. Um, you contact me by email. I got all my paintings that I've done available. So okay, I, I do want to thank you guys for being on season one, episode six of Money Talks the podcast, and really giving some insights about the art world and and how you guys are coming up. So uh, within the next few years, actually excuse me, within the next few days, I'm going to look for a piece for myself. Um, but for all the viewers and listeners out there, you guys should definitely check these guys out. They are the next big thing here in New York. So I want to thank you guys for being on the show. Yes, Appreciate it. Thank uh, you. Thank you. Appreciate it.